Amen. Amen. God bless you. Uh, turn to Luke chapter 5. If this is your first morning here, we're just looking at snapshots of Peter's life. Because we just last week, when the first introduction for Jesus to Peter, he says, you are Simon. I know who you are. I know everything about you now. You are Simon, son of Jonah. He says, I know who you are now, and I know where you've been. And God always knows who we are now better than we know ourselves, and we know He knows our history, son of Jonah. And then He says, but you will be called Cephas, Peter, the rock. We said last week that God knows who we are as an introduction. He knows far we've been, but He knows who we will become. And we've got to look at, this is the second time Jesus encounters Peter. And I would say as well that He allows Peter to see himself. The first introduction, Jesus reveals himself in Peter's life. And Peter's a way, see for he, see for he is. This is like Peter's introduction to Peter. In preparation for this, this has took a slight change in preparation for us, the hell week I was thinking of our lives and how as individuals we can go through similar things that Peter went through. And in preparation last night, I sort of felt like a change in my heart that it wasn't so much to do with our lives as individuals, but our lives as a collective church body. And when you've done a hell week of preparation to go one way and you feel as though Jesus is changing it another way, you think... Lord, it's Saturday night, it's Sunday morning around the corner, I've got a safety net or something I think would have probably sounded okay. But when the Lord is swinging in your heart and this morning I was just praying and thinking, God, is this to be a collective word or is this just to, to home in and fit already prepared? And I just felt so God says, go for the word to deal with the body of Christ. Uh, this story is to deal with a miraculous, it's to deal with Simon in a low moment, Jesus jumping into the boat, he's in a low moment because he hasn't caught any fish, we've all been through low moments, Jesus jumping into the boat and then there's a miraculous catch of fish and then Peter recognizes, oh, I'm a sinner, depart from me. Jesus doesn't answer Simon's prayer to depart for depart from, which we're really grateful for. He says, oh, come follow me. And he leaves, oh, I think you follow him. It's a wonderful, wonderful story, a transformation. The story is about a miraculous catch of fish. Could have spoken this morning about Jesus just blessing you in your life for a dark place. And that would have landed okay, I'm sure. But I believe, and it's consistent through the New Testament that Jesus picked out time and time again, the miraculous catch of fish was to deal with the harvest of souls. It's to deal with people getting saved. Amen? It's to deal with the miracle of God. And he used it. This is almost a life illustration of people getting saved. The harvest of souls. Jesus has given us a picture here to see if it could be done through a church that really honors the name and the presence of Jesus and listens to His Word. So we've got to approach it for that. That's an evangelistic message. I'm not a great evangelist. 
when I pull aside and preach the truth because people need saved, and maybe this is more a prophetic word that we need to waken up to the things of God to see the miraculous catch. Okay, Luke chapter 5. So it was as the multitudes pressed about him to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake and the fishermen had gone from them and they were washing their nets. That's a picture that we can see easily in the northeast of Scotland. When I was studying this, incredibly, some people have never seen a harbor in their life. There's 44 countries without a coastline. And this preacher was saying he struggled to imagine this because he'd never seen a fishing boat. How crazy is that? Never seen a fishing boat, never seen fishermen, never seen nets being washed, and fit do we see our upper coast? Fishing boats. I walk out in the harbor regularly, and you see it far there. The wind farm is, there's a space beside it. Nine times out of ten, there's usually a net there and a crew working, washing their nets, men in their nets. And this is Jesus coming to common people. He could have went to palaces and Pontius Pilate and Caesar and Herod, but he went to fishermen. And as a prophetic word went forth, Jesus loves you and he wants you. And so he comes to them and they're washing their nets and he's preaching. And I wonder as Simon's there, he's already encountered Jesus as he just starts to listen to what Jesus has got to say. I wonder if he's washing his nets and just listening to the perils and the wisdom and the love of Jesus. At the very same time, he's washing his nets, getting on with life, that his heart is being washed by the world, by the wisdom. I just imagine Simon just washing his nets after a difficult night at the fishing. But something's happening within him. He's becoming alive in the presence of Jesus. He's doing something obscure but his ears being tuned to another dimension. And he's listening, and he's being attentive. Verse 3, then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep, and let down your nets for a catch. Launch out into the deep and let your nets down for a catch. I believe that Jesus is inviting us to launch out into deep places for a catch of fish. It says here, it says, verse 5, But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, word I will let down the net. You get the picture that they have been fishing all night. They have stayed awake. And if he's like me, without a night's sleep, I would get grumpy. But nothing seems to be working. 
In light of this being an evangelistic message, it's like the minister and the congregation, they keep working, they keep striving, they keep on with their clubs, but nobody's getting saved. There's no visible fruit for the kingdom. And then Peter, in that morning, it says, I've worked all night. Nothing's worked. This is the expert fisherman. Just in a moment. Have you ever had a moment where you just think, this is not working? I'm doing stuff. My life's planned before me. But nothing seems to be working. And Jesus invites him, launch out into the deep place. Put down your nets. And there'll be a miraculous catch. And I believe Jesus is inviting, do we want to go into the deep things of God? The psalmist says, for deep cries out to deep. Paul would write, my prayer for you, not just that you would know, but you would experience the height, the width, the width, and the depth of the love of God that is found in Christ Jesus. But Jesus says, time to push off, push off for these shores and something deeper. And maybe for too long, for some of us, we've, we've skirted about the shores, the, the shallow life, the settling for a type of Christianity, a type of holiness, but denying its power. Then Jesus is saying, come on, church, there's more. There's more. Do you want to go deep for the catches? Or do you want to sail for something inferior, something shallow? And yes, people will say, you're a Christian. You'll turn up to church on Sunday. We'll put on our best Sunday clothes. We will smile and say, oh, things fine on Sunday. But behind the scenes, there is no depth. There's no crying out for the depths of the Spirit, the depths of His love. There's no coming around the Word of God. I'm grateful for the Bible study on Tuesday because we are dealing with the deep truths of a wonderful God. And I believe He sent His church, you have an option. Stick before it's no working. And for you're tired and for you're weary, and you might stand on that shore and stump your feet and say, I've been working hard for Jesus. I'm here every Sunday and in between, and nothing seems to be working. And yet Jesus is saying, would you come with me? Launch. Go. Ne sign up to another ministry, but go into the depth of his heart, which is only cultivated in the secret place. While you go, launch out to far its deep. It would surprise you again. I didn't read a lot of books. I tell you if I, I, I listen, I can't hardly. Only new preachers. I love listening to people that's deep in the Word. Just to have that depth. It's not about being wise in their own eyes, but when you listen to people that can for their speaking about and to the depth of the Lord, that encourages me. I must go deeper. 
I've experienced some, but I must go deeper. Are you ready? Are you willing to launch it? Or oh, oh, we could bide here for it just doesn't work. And, and we'll, we'll see some people come in. But if there's a miraculous catch waiting in the depths, we should go there. We should go there. Time on earth is short. It's limited. We'll be tested. And our heart cry is, God, use us for your glory. The depth of his grace, the depth of his presence, the depth of his love. Jesus never said, stay on the shore, stay in the shallow end, we'll just make it work. There was something that he had to drag his disciples out to some depth to cast down their nets. Launch out into the deep, let down your nets. He never said, I might be a catch. I said, let's see if this will work. Humans have tried that out, and it's not working for you. This is just point eight on the seven points. We've already tried it. It doesn't work. He says, go deep, but do your nets. I guarantee you, there will be a catch. There will be a miraculous harvest of souls. And Simon answered and says to him, Master, we've toiled all night. We've got nothing Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. A few things I would say. Jesus was on the boat. The person and presence of Jesus was enough to get the fish to start moving. Just him being in the boat. Now, he knew where a fish would be. Go deep, but do your nets for a miraculous catch. They could have went without Jesus. Do you think there would have been a miraculous catch then? No. The power and presence of Jesus, the one through all things were made by, for, and through, that by His Word, when you read Proverbs, wisdom created the universe. Him being on the boat, nature was having a reaction. This is the great I am. This is the one. Church, we got overwhelmed this morning in His presence. We need to be people that would invite and honor and fear and love the presence of Jesus in our boat. If we miss that, then we'll still be people that are shallow and toiling. But sometimes the difference is between service and going through the motions and a miraculous catch is if we would be people, and it sounds really simple, but sometimes the most amazing truths in the Word of God is really simple, that we'd be people that would honor, worship, and invite the very presence of Jesus on our boat as we meet. Would I want to go deep without Jesus? Would I just want to be uttering nice words without Jesus? 
Jesus said this, if you lift me up, if you honor me, if you worship me, if you expect me, if you embrace me, if the church of Jesus Christ will be fully in love with Jesus, you lift me up. He says, I will draw the fish. <laughs> I will draw the fish. I'll draw all men into this net because Jesus is loved and honored. Jesus' presence is enough. We give the world, they just hate Jesus and never understand us. They've put the Bible to one side. I want to tell you, the world is looking for Jesus. The world is looking for hope. They're looking for meaning. They're wondering about eternal life and farther gone. They're wondering for they've came for. They're skeptical about the Big Bang. They can't, it doesn't make sense. And they're looking for us something else. And Jesus says, the harvest is plentiful. And Jesus sat with sinners. And they wanted him. He went to the religious people. Some of them did actually get saved, like Nicodemus. But they just largely wouldn't have been tailed. They'd hit their structures and they couldn't have bend. And Jesus was too good for him, as and he moved in signs, wonders, and miracles, spoke as one who had authority. They didn't hear that. And they were trying to grow their structure, and they were like, we're jealous of this guy. Let's kill him. But generally, sinners wanted him. And people questioned, why are you sitting with them people? They're scumbags. And he says, well, it's like us. The sick need a doctor. They realize they're sick. They've called the doctor. They realize they're in need. And they've called the one that can fulfill their needs. They realize they're lost. They've called the one that can find them. The harvest is ripe. Do you believe it? People are in this moment, at this time, waiting in this community, waiting to be saved. And the presence of Jesus, the great I am, in our midst, is the one that will attract the fish into something with the king and the kingdom. Not for people just to come and attend, but people will be in love. Yearn for his presence. On Tuesday evening, we had a prayer meeting. Numerically, this is not a shame, nobody, because there's a lot going on on Tuesday evening. Parents' evenings, and people are sick, so on and so forth. Numerically, it was the least we would have seen in a long time. Numerically, I'm on about counting skulls, right? Well, I want to tell you the presence of Jesus. Because God's not looking for numbers. He's looking for honor and hunger. And if there's two or three people are gathered that will have honor and have hunger, he will come by his presence. And you can have six people that will have hunger and honor, he'll come by his presence. If you have 66 people that have no honor and no hunger, Jesus is not committed to showing up because you decide to have service. He says, your lips can be for me. Your lips can be for me, but your heart can be so far, Fema. And Jesus will not show up with distant hearts, but he will 
Friends of Borough Community Church, if we would be serious lovers, He will bless us with His presence on this boat, and there will be a miraculous catch of fish. That's the draw. That's the draw. If I ask for a show of hands, I'm not going to ask in case because Northeast were very shy. <laughs> if I just came and felt something and knew that Jesus was real and therefore had to keep coming. <laughs> We've got some responses. If I came and just felt, wow, I wasn't really expecting this. But I felt as something for another dimension, supernatural, and I just went, wow, and I'll be back because I want mere oh wow, and you never understood that it was Jesus drawing you in, and then until maybe after you asked your chums, I just felt something as soon as I wow, something about that worship time. Foot on earth was that I was feeling, and then you're good pal, what well, was Jesus you were feeling, and then you were like, wow, I did not expect that, but I'm like a fish getting dragged into it, and I just got to go, and I got a lawn shoot to f- I've always known into something deeper, and I've got a lawn shoot for f- I was told for years and years into something deeper. Because something is drawing me. And I know in this community, or this nation, irrelevant, da, 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 but it's when God does something in your heart, you leave that because you've got to go deeper and investigate. Foot on earth happened to me. Because one touch for the king changes everything about our lives, and we got to believe for the people in our communities that if we as a church would embrace the very presence of Jesus, watch Him come. Watch Him get dreams in the middle of the night. Watch Him walking up scared, thinking, I've never thought about eternity before. Oh, I'm starting to think about eternity. I was taught the hymns as a kid, and now I've, I forgot. But suddenly I'm waking up in the middle of the night, and I've got this choruses about how great thou art. Something is happening to me, and God will send them a people that, that love Him and will honor Him. The very presence of Jesus. Launch out into the deep, let down your nets for a miraculous catch. Simon answered and said to him, Master, we've toiled all night and caught nothing. And I love this. We've got the presence of Jesus on the boat. Nevertheless, nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. Craig spoke. Naturally, people think he's he's crazy. Bars of money come in fair. Five hours of bells to be paid. How can you join churches together? Oh, it's gone. <laughs> Nevertheless, at your word, I must go. Simon said, I've did this. I've tried this. 
I'm a fisherman. It's never worked. I'm sure he was one of him. But Jesus, if you're saying go into the deep, I've just washed my nets, but let's go. I've tried fishing. I'm incredibly useless at it. When I was younger, you'd just fish off the pier and the podleys would come. I try and relive my youth with my kids and think, okay, let's get a rod, let's go. This is amazing. You'll absolutely love it. We'll catch some worms. We'll put fairy liquid down in the grass. The, the worms will come up. Sorry for you worm lovers. <laughs> and we'll use them as bait. And this will just be like when I was young and then you go and there's no seals that's going to while we are and we're trying to catch. You might catch a seal, but you're not catching much. And it's frustrating. And sometimes Isaac would say, well, well, let's try our rare. And to be fair, you're just like, well, I'm not doing nothing else. Let's get a go. And Simon's like, I've tried all night, nothing's working. But he senses Jesus is the word of spirit and truth. He says, okay, I'm going to put my skippers here doing. I'm going to put everything I can about fishing doing. Nevertheless, if you've said it, I'll go. And God is looking for people that will invite the presence of Jesus, but will also obey Him. Again, that's not very Pentecostal because it goes all by grace, da 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 da. But we can grieve the Holy Spirit. It says in the wilderness that they, they rebelled against God. God set him free for Pharaoh and the Egyptians, and he was providing for them, but they were on a journey to Canaan, the promised land. It says that they were so rebellious that they grieved the Holy Spirit. And God is looking for a people not to work out with logic and get our skippers, fishermen's heed on and say, well, right bet, he's just a preacher, he's just a rabbi, for this he can about fishing, but say, say this, Jesus, if you says it, my logic is saying, didn't I go, my, my chums, my crew's saying, look, we've been out all night, we're just looking to get him. Could have been fear of man there, he says, look, if you say it, Jesus, nevertheless, because you say it, we will launch out and we will go. And God is looking for a people that will honor the words the direction of the Holy Spirit and their life, regardless of our preconceived ideas that if Jesus says to forgive somebody in my life that is doing incredibly bad stuff, we could say, ah, I'm not too sure about that. But nevertheless, Jesus, if you say it, I'll go. Logic says, sometimes how can a church branch out and go and go and go? We need the right finances. We need the right people. We need the right gift and spectrum. But we need Jesus to speak. And we need a bunch of people to say, okay, we cannot work this out. Nevertheless, let's go. <laughs> let's launch out. And let's go for it according to your word. At your word, as we seek to launch out to do life, would we be careful to say, Jesus, speak, and we are listening.
God, open up the church's spiritual ears to hear His revelation as He commanded and commended and challenged and convicted the church. Give us ears to hear for the Spirit is saying. Not gone off on a tangent, not gone by feelings, but Christ, we will obey your word. He's looking for a people that will honor his word and obey his word. It says, and when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. That structure that took in the fish began to explode. I'm praying that man-made structures that maybe we have built up, that some of them would be at breaking point and might have to change once Jesus sends a miraculous catch of souls to the church. And it says, as when Simon Peter saw, it says, verse 7, so they signaled to their partners, kingdom partners, and the other boat to come and help. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. Isn't that an amazing story? That if you relate to ministry life, there was a tired minister, a tired, tired church that tried stuff. They tried to reach you. It didn't work. It didn't work. It didn't work. They've been working all night in the middle of the night where other people relaxed. They was working. It just wasn't catching fish. And then Jesus shows up and nothing changes. Maybe you're here this morning and you're feeling like Peter at hopelessness. Tried, I've tried, I've tried. We, Jesus, are always just a dawn around the corner. In your darkest night, there's always a light that can shine. And he says he will build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail. That's not just nice words that we spew out every Sunday. This is us saying this is his church and he wants his kingdom to advance and his people be sent out ready with the arms and the words of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he's in a hopeless moment. And then he shows up and says to the skipper, go deep. He says, as they went, but doing the nets, obedience, he put doing the nets. You could just sense the nets absolutely bursting. And I'm saying, wow, this is amazing. He took all these pearl trawlers. James, you need help me here. We used to sing a song, it was hell songs when I got saved. So much, I can't contain it. That the blessing of God would be so much, we couldn't contain it, that we might have to call kingdom partners in. How do we disciple these people that come in? Our structures are not capable of facilitating the need of others hungry Jesus lovers. We need more leaders to lead them and disciple them. We might have to call our partners in the kingdom in. Wouldn't that be amazing? Then they'll see if us are true Jesus followers. And just for loves their nets and their structures and their safety of the shore. But let's pray for a revival with the presence of Jesus, the preaching of his word, that people would repent and turn to Christ, recognizing that his blood can save him. But let's not get too greedy for FCC in Elam. One preacher once says it would be amazing if it could be achieved in the church of Jesus Christ if nobody cared if I got the credit. <laughs> it's amazing 
if nobody cared if I got the credit, that church could look like. That's the dream. The multitudes come in here. I mean, me phone and Craig. Ain't he helpless, chief? There's too much. And I came with multiple services. And I came with multiple campuses. We've did a, a tour of church plant. It seems to be going well. But there's a lot of empty buildings out there, and there are a lot of nets. And he didn't file the unsaved people getting saved and following Jesus. Are you with me? We've got to appreciate and pray for the church of the living God. They began to sink, and I'll end with us. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me. I'm a sinful man, O Lord. Last week we spoke about Jesus' introduction to Peter. This is Peter's introduction to Peter. He hears this otherworldly Jesus, this miraculous catch. It's amazing to me how this story just flaps themes. We would not be surprised if there was a miraculous catch of fish. The next thing that came for Simon's lips would be, aren't you good, Jesus? Let's worship you. That's just never it happened. He's seen something in Jesus, something in the miraculous catch. And the next thing you see him do is, Jesus, I've looked at others and I've been introduced to myself. I'm a sinful man. You're too good to be in this boat with me. Please depart. Something of the humility. We would love to rewrite us as church and say that Jesus appeared on the scene and he was catching black fish and says, I see your accountancy books, your tax dodging and all that. And for then Simon to say, oh, you've caught me. I'm sinful. We would love it to be Jesus showed up the night before while Simon was cursing and swearing because he was catching their fish. And for Jesus to say, hey, 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 whoa, 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 language. <laughs> oh, I thought Jesus would turn up the morning after and say, I heard your language the night before, Simon. Look, you need to buck up your ideas, like if you want to follow me. But Jesus was so good. It says in Romans that he will lead people to repentance by his kindness. That he was so miraculous, so providing, so wonderful in every way, so wow, so otherworldly, so supernatural, so caring for Simon's needs. And because of what? Simon says, I am sinful. I know your name. I am worldly. And I know your name. I am of the earth. And you are for heaven. I'm unworthy. Please depart from me. You're so good. And you're so kind. And another scripture, another company of people asked Jesus to depart. When he set free a demoniac. Somebody that was legions full of spirits and Jesus set them free into the pigs, somebody's livelihood. 
And the pigs went into the water, a bunch of farmers did a, you didn't mess with the farmers, pigs, right? He says, hey, just because of you, you know, pigs, uh-huh. they didn't see the miracle that was somebody set free. And they said, can you please depart? And Jesus says, I'm going then. You don't want me to mess with your structure. You've messed the miracle. The guy getting set free, you care too much about your pigs. I'll go. But here's a man saying, depart. We are a different spirit, a broken spirit, a humble spirit. And he never answered Simon's prayer. In effect, he says, I am going nowhere. Sticking around, Simon. Simon got up and left, dying and followed him. This is the end point. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. When God moves in miracles, this is why it's a prophetic word. We believe it's coming. We believe the harvest is ripe. We believe God is doing something in his children's heart that are igniting, igniting revival flames to seek his face and obey his word. We all always must remain humble. There was a great temptation for Simon to say, hey, this is a great catch for me. Jesus has pulled through. I can't wait to tell the folk in the harbor. Can't wait to tell the wife Jesus is looking after me. That when God moves in power, and he drags people into his net. We have to recognize it's still about him. But that didn't get such a big amen. We have still to recognize it's about him. We have always to recognize that he is the Lord of the harvest. And if the harvest comes, it's name my harvest. It's the Lord's harvest. And this is a preemptive word before anything happens. We believe in a miraculous catch of souls. We believe it will come through people that will embrace the presence of Jesus and obey his word. But if it was to happen, God will share his glory with no man, and then I get too big for your spiritual boots. Hear the attitude, oh, this is ah, I put Jesus, and should he move with a miraculous catch, I'll be the first thing to say, I'm undone. He's so heavenly, I'm so earthly. He's so supernatural. I can be so natural and let God get the glory. Let's stand for a moment. Just going to ask the Holy Spirit to confirm His Word. This has been a word for, nay, just I believe, just 
an individual help me sermon. But us as the body of Christ, the family of God, being reignited for something greater than what we've previously experienced, that this would be a launching out that you'd mark the decision, I'm ready for more. I'm ready to go. I'm sick of settling just for a spirit or religion. And I want to go into the power of his might and grace and mercy. You see, the point of the story for me is it's not just my job to get the miraculous catch of fish. It's not just my job to see the harvest come. It's for me to be a lover of Jesus Christ, his presence, to be sensitive to the voice, the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And it's for me to obey. It's not for me just to go, or us just to go as a church, to try and get a miraculous catch. It's for us to love Jesus, hear for he's got to say, and go for he tells us. And in that is the miraculous catch. God is refining his people, refining his church. And so the prophetic word at the start was, let's run. His arms are open. Let's run. God said, let's launch. Now another ministry, now another idea. Let's, let's go before Jesus wants to take us. Knowing that he'll transform lives before our very eyes. He'll cause the blind eyes to open. He'll cause people to be saved. There'll be anointing on the church. Our words might be the same, but the feeling would be different because the Spirit would be carrying our words into people's hearts. Peter could have preached the exact same message as he did two weeks before Pentecost, and nothing would have happened. Yet they waited for a power for on high, that dynamis power that would explode in people's lives. And he preached that message. He preached the gospel. There's a record of a little bit for you did say, we didn't get the hell transcript. Yet in their hearts, they turned to Jesus and they cried out, what must we do to be saved? The difference was not the words, it was the Spirit of God. So Jesus, as we stand here, we ask that you would enable us to launch out into the depths of your glory, your presence, in your heart that we would go for the shores of disappointment or darkness and it's something that is so wonderful and so glorious and as we collectively cherish your presence and obey your word we proclaim that day will come that God you would revive the hearts of the lost and they would come they would come on their own they would come with their families. They would come in their droves. 
and help us be ready for that day put down our nets and see them come and they would find a place called home and help us to be kingdom minded they wouldn't be about us it would be about the king on the throne and that your kingdom would come and carry us with a heart of humility and brokenness to worship always forever we abandon thee at the feet of Jesus and should you in our lifetime send the harvest of souls we would always recognize to you to you to you be the glory King Jesus and all God's people said let's worship his holy name we're going to take up our tithes and offerings as part of our worship God bless us <laughs>